Greetings, adventure. Welcome to the D20 Academy podcast. I'm Shiloh. I'm Gabriel. And I'm Ezekiel. And this is episode 36, World Building, Physical World. Hey, guys. Welcome to the first part of a huge series we're going to be doing here on the podcast all about world building. We're going to break down all the separate aspects of world building um, uh, over the course of a couple different episodes. I don't think we're going to be doing them in a row. Um, but just look out over the next couple months as we'll be dropping these world building um, episodes. Now, this first one today is going to be uh, focusing on the first step of world building, which is figuring out like the physical world, right? The mapping, the geography, the weather, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so real quick, uh, myself and Zeke are both a little under the weather, um, so we're like drinking our various liquids to make sure we don't die today. Nice. Um, yeah. And if there's some coughing, uh, that's that's why. Um, but other than that, yeah, do you guys have anything else to say? Um, before we get into this? Uh, if there's never any episodes, it's because the coffin killed them. Yes, yes. If, if the podcast ends, it's, it's because we were, uh, we died. Um, and just a reminder, uh, if you guys want to keep up to date with, with the podcast and the, the other stuff we're doing at D20 Academy, you can go ahead and follow us at, on Instagram at D20 underscore Academy. Uh, and if you have any other kind of friends or whatever who are interested in getting into D&D in, into or, or like role-playing games or storytelling or all that kind of stuff, um, also, if you could let them know about the podcast, uh, it's, it means a lot to us when we can reach new people and help new people. Um, but real quick, I do want to take a note real quick about some of the some of the changes we're making to the podcast. Um, so, Gabe here will be joining me as like a regular co-host now uh, instead of just a guest. He's he's appeared a couple times before on the podcast. Um, so yeah, so we will be hosting most of the episodes now together. Um, and also, we're kind of changing the focus from D20 Academy away from super hyper uh, Dungeons and Dragons focused all about like teaching and instructive things helping you guys out with all that kind of stuff to more of a, a just general tabletop role-playing storytelling all that kind of stuff because um, there's a lot of little lot of cool stuff we can talk about uh, and just the just you know just focusing on Dungeons and Dragons was kind of a little limiting mm -hmm. so yeah we're gonna be we're kind of opening the, the scope of the podcast a bit um, but we will still be doing some of the some of the same stuff like class spotlights and such um, but yeah, without further ado, let's get into world building. All right, so let's let's get into this this episode here. So, um, real quick, I think you know me and Gabe have kind of worked on a, a format for these world building episodes. We're kind of going to break down the main topic down into smaller like subtopics. Yeah, like subgroups within the yeah, topic of world building. The main episode. Right. So. For this one, right, the main topic is, like, physical world, but we're breaking that down into, like, mapping, continents, geography, all yeah, that kind of all stuff. All things that the physical world contains. Yeah, and then discuss each one of those. Um, uh, now, a, a part of that in includes posing a list of questions about each of those, um, you know, to, to help you when you're doing your world building. What are some questions you need you need to answer and think about when you're building your world? Um, and, and that should be able to help you. Also, world building is a very long, detailed, and tedious process. Um, so we also want to make this as digestible as possible, letting you guys know what you should like prioritize when world building and stuff. So, you know, cause there's a lot of detail and, and, and intricacies when it comes to all the different, oh my gosh, I just spilled my tea over my computer. All the different <laughs> aspects of world building. It's fine. It's waterproof. That's not true. Um, but anyway, so let's get into our, our subtopics real quick. So in order, our subtopics today are world building, oh sorry, world theme, mapping, geography, regions, flora and fauna, laws of physics and science, weather, and then cosmology. 
<laughs> so it's a lot of stuff we're tackling today. I foresee this being over an hour, but you know, nice. we'll, we'll see. Okay, so that's kind of uh, the stuff. Oh, I, ha I had something I wanted to say, but I guess I forgot about it. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, oh, yeah, I wanted to ask you guys, um, what is your experience with world building? Like so far. For me, it's always been a fun thing that I enjoy doing initially, but after I get started, get like bogged down with like all the logistics and specifics of things, it can become like less fun to me mm. as if I'm doing it for just like, just to do it for the experience, for the enjoyment, it can get a little bit annoying as you're trying to figure out, okay, so if this city is built in the mountains here, then it has to deal with this sort of, sort of trade, but then I can't have the same built, the same city here to do that blah blah blah, yeah. blah, blah. why is this here because blah blah blah, blah, blah okay blah, blah. so so, that, so that actually that reminds me of another question how many worlds have you started <laughs> and oh. then not finished because i know for me that's that's a, that's a ton um because you know you know we're all kind of storytellers in our own way you know mm -hmm. through you know whatever medium oh my what, this okay the water's the tea is literally attacking me <laughs> it's jumping out of the cup at me um like you know i've done I, you know, I, I write, I like to write a lot. I used to write a lot more, and I'm kind of getting back into it now. Um, but, you know, my favorite genres were, like, sci-fi and fantasy and stuff, so I'd have to always do world-building for any of the stories I wanted to tell there, which usually would never, I never really finished or got much done. Yeah, off the top of my head, I can think of several settings I just never finished. Yeah, and, and, and same for you, right, Zeke? Yeah. yeah. Definitely, like, when we used to work on our, you know, fantasy stuff together, we used to, lots of world-building and stuff... Because um, it's kind of a crazy thing to tackle, honestly. Um, and, and I think one thing uh, that kind of connects to, you know, uh, tabletop role-playing games, this episode is not specifically, like, on tabletop role-playing games, like, specifically, because I think anyone t trying to tell a story in any medium, you know, whether it be, like, you're writing a, a script or you're writing a, a novel or you're planning a D&D &D campaign... Um, if it, you know, if you're doing it in like the fantasy genre or whatever, then you're probably building your own world. So the things we're talking about today are not, um, you know, exclusive to just to just tabletop role playing or like D and D or or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, however, we are kind of focusing on fantasy primarily. Like, we're not going to be talking about like if you're building a sci-fi world, you need to figure out like the all these different like planets mm -hmm. and stuff. That's kind of a whole nother ball game, I think. So maybe we can do an episode about that. Um, yeah, but for right now, we're just focusing on fantasy yeah, world Just building. like one world. Yeah. <laughs> just one world, not a hundred different worlds and planets. But yeah. <clears throat> so, um, I, I, th I think one, one thing is new DMs or, or new game masters uh, but like feel like they have to build their own world. I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, but there's like this weird stigma that like when you're a new DM, you have to like build a world from scratch. Maybe that's just from my experience and the people that I've that I've met. Um, it was definitely me when I when I started. Um, is that kind of true for you guys as well? Do you think like, you know, I mean, because when you guys both tried like DMing once or twice or whatever, mm -hmm. didn't you like just try to build a world from scratch? Yeah. 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 yeah it sucks. Why is yeah? That, well, I don't I don't know why that is. That's pretty strange to me. Why that's a thing, but also I did that. So like you know, I I I, I guess it's just like a yeah. It's it, it, it's weird. I feel like it's just the urge to make the world that you would want yeah. to experience and to play in. But then you just get too caught up in the small things and 
It's like, oh, it's not or, fun for me anymore. Or, or because... like, not cut up enough, I guess. Because, mm. you know, if you're new DM, um, you know, what I think a thing that happens a lot, definitely for new DMs, but probably just a ton of DMs anyway, is, you know, let's just take D&D for example. You, you, you buy 5th edition stuff and you read through it, and it's kind of set in its own world, right? Where these specific monsters exist. With, like, if you read the monster manual, each monster entry has, like, kind of like a history of it. And the fact that this monster exists the way it does, right? So in in the Forgotten Realms, right, which is kind of the, the fifth edition setting that, that they use, basically, this is the way dragons are. In other settings, dragons may be different, but this is the way dragons are in this world. This here's kind of the history of them. They had a war with giants or whatever. Um, I think a lot of people don't go, let me research the Forgotten Realms. I know a lot of people do do that, like the Sword Coast. And let me, like, learn about that and then just play in that world. They just, like, take the Forgotten Realms like, stuff, but they kind of make their own world. So, like, all the monsters that exist in the Forgotten Realms and stuff all exist in their world. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? And, like, all the history of all the monsters and stuff exists in, in their world. It's just, like, their own, though. If that, if that makes sense. <laughs> that was kind of a uh, star mm -hmm. Because that was, like, that was the D&D the campaign we, we finished last year. Um, it's but, already last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was crazy. That, that, was, that was, like, two and a half years but that was different from how i like i do world building and stuff now if you know we, we just started some new campaigns and stuff because i was still learning we were all still learning yeah, how to yeah. play the game when we first started that campaign so it was wild and kind of unrealistic and not super concise and consistent because i was still like getting used to all that kind of stuff also i was like 14 um so you know but that's how i did it i i took like all the stuff that exists in the monster manual and stuff exists in my world it's just it's my world, and so it's like it's the map and stuff is is different and and, and everything, um, but I think it really fleshed out and became more and more my world once we started playing. I started really, you know, caring about it, mm. and you guys left the main, you know, little little village or whatever. Okay, we have a lot to talk about, so we should keep going. All <laughs> right, so starting with the first subtopic, unless you guys have anything else you guys wanted to say, kind of about that. Nope. Okay. Yeah, um, I don't typically talk much. I'm just here to look at the camera. It doesn't exist. It's not, it's not a camera. It's a microphone. Well, I would like to get a camera, though, one of these days. <laughs> um, okay, so starting with world theme. So let me ask you two guys. What is world theme? I think it's just the general tone of the world. The general feel that you want to have. And you can pull from, you know, literature. You can pull from any, like, source that you want to pull like oh i like this aspect of say a like harry potter or oh i like mm -hmm. the way that magic works or perhaps i like the way that i don't but the sorry. society <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> sure you can pull things from that and you want to world themes about establishing a central theme for the world so you can stay consistent to that theme mm -hmm. and make the world feel more real because it like doesn't make sense necessarily for you to have a, a world with a theme that's like, oh, I want the theme to be really dark and gritty, but also half the players are unicorns with like rainbows. That's my favorite their player hair. race. Yes. Honestly, I I don't know why that's not canon yet. <laughs> a unicorn player race. Um, that's a little confusing to me, but you know, um, like so Zeke, like I know you don't have like tons and tons of experience of like world building. I mean, not any of us really have a have a have a ton of that um but like if you would like start building a world like what what would you like what do you kind of start with 
Well, usually I try to set up an idea and a tone, and then from there I'll start building the actual physical world, and then start thinking about how people interact and how the roadmaps and talent should be set up. Because that kind of gives you an idea about uh, how struggles and wars mm. start out and end up, and you know how the territory is divided, and what places are safe and what's not. So you can really get your theme and your tone down to put your players in a world that you have a good amount of control over rather than mm. just a world they can do absolutely anything that they want in. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I think just, like, the general feel, mood, tone of the world, I think it's, it, it's pretty important. Um, and I think that takes many forms. Because, like, one thing is, like, if you really take that and really, like, be like, okay, that's how you, like, you know, if you, if you really focus in on that, then something comes out like, um, what's that world called? I want to say Ravenloft, but I'm not sure if that's actually what the, the world is called. Uh I, I, well, anyway, <laughs> it, it's one of the D&D official settings. There's, like, Forgotten Realms uh, ever on it. I think it's called Ravenloft. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look that up here. Um, but basically, that's, like, a world. Yes, it is. Okay, so Ravenloft is, is one of the D&D worlds where it's, like, super dark. Like, vampires, zombies, werewolves. Um, everyone lives in fear. L big castles and counts and bats everywhere. Like, that's, like, taking, like, what's the general feel, tone, mood of it? And being like, this is the, you know, mood. Like, mm, there's a very right. obvious tone. There's, you know, you're very limited in the amount of stories you can tell and the amount of uh, games you can run in that kind of world. That's, that's not a bad thing, necessarily. I, I think it's kind of a good thing, actually. Um, because, you know, e everywhere, you know, your characters look, there's a reminder of the feel of the campaign. You know, that'd be a campaign that's, like, focused on horror, mystery, yeah. that kind of I think of a stuff. good way of thinking about world theme is thinking about like architecture if an architect says oh i'm gonna make a building and i kind of want it to be it looked like victorian area or something that that set in mind they start building their mm. whatever it is they're building but they can also like deviate from that path a bit but still have that general central theme to get for the general central feel yeah of yeah, the yeah yeah building that he's building yeah, yeah so ravenloft is kind of one of those like really mm. like really toned in like very obvious theme and then forgotten realms is much more zoned out the, the, the mood was just, the tone is just kind of like high fantasy mm. adventures, big monsters, and big, big nations and armies. Mm. Just, you know, like kind of classic middle earthy, I, I would say, like high fantasy thing. That's okay, too. Like that, that's also fine. Yeah, your theme doesn't have to be super specific. Yeah. But also doesn't have to be super broad. You can make it anywhere along that yeah. scale. Like, it, you know, the, the more vague or open, I guess, your, your, your world theme is, the, the bigger. The, the spaces for the amount of stories you can tell in, in that world, mm -hmm. I think. So I think that's kind of directly proportional. It's like, the more I intense and obvious your theme is, the less amount of... The less variety, I should say. Not yeah. amount. The less yeah. variety of, yeah. of stories yeah. and games you can play in that. But once again, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, if your group is, like, all, like, super into, like, vampires and, and Dracula and, all, and Transylvania, all that kind of stuff, they're, like, playing in Ravenloft... With the, the with the tone of it being like mystery mm -hmm. and horror, that's cool, and like people like everyone will be okay. With it. Like that that'll, that'll be a, as much fun as people who are just kind of like we're here to d for D and D just to kind of just like have fun. And it's more vague. Not everyone is like super sure of like the kind of really you know mm. tone. They're just like we just want to kill stuff and feel cool. <laughs> then like Forgotten Realms, that's like the kind of stuff for that. We're, we're it can be much more vague, and not everyone has to be on the super same page. If yeah, if that makes sense. Um. So yeah, questions to ask yourself about world theme. What is the kind of game you're trying to run? Um, if, if you're world building for a tabletop role playing game. Uh, what, is the, what is the kind of game you're trying to run? 
what kind of story are you trying to tell? This is for whether you're writing a novel, building a campaign, whatever it is. What kind of story are you trying to tell? Or what kind of stories are you trying to tell? And then um, last, like, where do you draw your inspiration from? Like, oh, I'm going to pick this part from that fantasy universe I know, yeah. this part from this story. You just want to figure out where you want to draw inspiration from for this theme. Yeah, so if you're, like, more high fantasy stuff, maybe you're pulling inspiration from Forgotten Realms or Middle-Earth mm-hmm. or whatever, or you're, like, kind of, like, grittier, dark war themes, maybe you're pulling it from, like, Westeros or, or you, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think being able to kind of give your world references to other, like, pop culture worlds, I think, is also help, help will help you figure out kind of, like, the feel and theme. And also your players or your audience will, like, be like, oh, I kind of recognize, like, that feel. It's something that they know, it's something familiar to them. They can then change from that. But it's just a nice, like, yeah. anchor point to be like, oh, I know that. Yeah. Zeke, any other thoughts? No, you guys summed it up pretty well. All right. Next, we have mapping, which is a pretty big topic. Would you see, like, that mapping is kind of the next piece yeah yeah because for me it's like i kind of have my world theme or whatever but when i see have a visual representation all the ideas start flowing absolutely yeah to me for me i basically like never do mapping hmm. it's just something that in me for me in my stories and the things that i like to world build it's not the most important thing to me but i think it's really important in general it's something that i should hmm. do more of it's just something it's not necessarily the, for me the part that I enjoy the most. Mm-hmm. But I think it's still necessary to do. What I think is cool now um, is that you don't have to be a really good artist or be good at math to be able <laughs> to, you know, draw out a cool map. Because there's so many cool online resources and stuff that you can do that. There's literally, like, map generators. Like, it just generates a random map and stuff. And, like, that's cool. Like, just take that and make that your world. Or, like, um, there's stuff like uh, Incarnate. Mm. Uh, Incarnate.com. Uh, with a K instead of a C is like a free map building resource. Mm. You can carve out, you put the landmass, you can carve it out, and then you like can put all the mountains and cities and stuff all around it. Um, and you don't need to be good at drawing for that. Uh, you just need to be able to use a mouse. Um, so I think hey, that, that's, that's really cool. <laughs> I, think, I, <laughs> uh, I think that's really cool, you know, because it used to be like... It's, we have those resources. Yeah, because mapping is kind of a big thing. Like that, that's pretty hard. I've... Only drawn one map by hand on paper, which was the map for the Mock Moon Star, the campaign we played recently. And I like it a lot. I think it, I think it looks really cool. I think it looks really nice. But I'm scared I will never be able to recreate it. So, like, <laughs> all my other maps now have been uh, from online online things. Um, so the first point we have here is, um, what is your world's place in the larger universe? This is kind of a, a deeper thing. Because, like, some stories and stuff, it literally doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all, yeah. Yeah. But also, I feel like it is kind of important to just have, like, a general idea. Like, is it a part of, like, a multiverse? Um, Are there other planes or or planets? Um, Like, uh, uh, the the most D&D worlds... Okay, I'm confused about D&D. You know how they have, like... In D&D, there's, like, a multiverse. There's, like, the plane of Limbo, the elemental plane of fire... Feywild, planes you can go yeah. to, literal other worlds. Um, that like, and then there's like a map of like how they border the material plane. Oh yeah, and then there's like a, the the fan. What is it called? Not the phantasmal plane. Uh, the astral. 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 No, no, no. Astral is like nothingness. Is you know like uh, yeah. <laughs> what are you? When like you like go 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 like invisible, not really, but like then you can float through stuff. What is that called? I haven't played D and D in so I long. That was astral plane. 
I Wasn't the Astral Plane the one that overlaps everything? No, I think that's, uh... I think that's, like, just crazy... I You spelled plane wrong. Yeah. I think that's just, like, uh, crazy space stuff. Like, Astral Plane's, like, in between everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, like, the different... The Astral Sea and all that kind of stuff. Ethereal! Ah! Oh. The Ethereal Plane. Yeah. There you go. So, like, there's... In d, &D I'm a little confused. Is that just the Forgotten Realms, or is that, like, just all D&D &D worlds? I honestly don't know, because there's, like, spells and things that reference it, so it kind of, like, has to, if you're playing with those spells yeah. and abilities. Oh, yeah, 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 there are abilities and spells that, like, really yeah. have to do with the planes. Yeah. It's kind of a weird thing. I don't think a ton of people even care about that. I think most D&D campaigns, like, you're not going to go to the Feywild and stuff ever. Most don't reach a level where they have access to that, those that's things. That's true. <laughs> um... <laughs> But, like, you know, in Critical Role, they did it. They went to the Feywild. Yeah, they just went to the Feywild. I think that's it. They went to Limbo or something. Mm. Um, the Plane of Chaos or something. Um, but, yeah, like, are there other, like, Oh, they went planes? to a fire plane. Plane of Fire. Oh, the, the uh, elemental plane of yeah. fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, are there, like, those same, like, D&D, &D, like, the planes bordering this thing and, like, the elemental planes in the four corners of the material plane? And is there, like, an ethereal plane that's, like, juxtaposed over your plane... Your material plane. It's pretty deep stuff. I still don't really get it. There's yeah. a whole chunk of the Dungeon Master's Guide on it. Again, like, this part, like, isn't necessarily something yeah. that you need to have established for the world. Yeah. It's just something, like, if your theme calls for it, uh -huh. you want to have this information. Like, if your theme is has anything to do with, you know, like, going, like, massive battles, heavenly battles, yeah, and yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that, you're going to want to establish yeah. other planes. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's that's true. Because, like, if you have, like, a huge pantheon of gods, where yeah. do they live? And, like, can you go visit yeah, them? Yeah, they have domains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. that are the other planes and stuff. Okay, an another point in this kind of note about the place in the larger universe is, like, is your world the whole world? Or is it, like, a little bit of the world? For example, Middle-earth is just a small section of the whole world. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, Middle-earth within itself is considered, like, its own world and stuff. Um, but it's, like, a little part on yeah. one of, like, two massive continents. <laughs> um, I don't know if you knew that. I only learned that, like, a year ago or so. But anyway, uh, same with, uh, in, in Pathfinder. Um, yeah. In Pathfinder, at least for the second edition. Um, the playable area is just, like, a small point between two of the continents. Yeah, there's, like, seven continents. <laughs> and the, the, the playable area, the place that they, they detail, mm -hmm. um, is, like, a small where two continents connect. And it's all these different regions, and within those regions, so many yeah. things, but it's still so it, just it, one it is like a whole part. world, though, that you can totally yeah. explore and have a ton of fun, in it, and you won't get bored of it. Or it's depth and variety, but it's still just a small part. So you have to figure yeah. out, like, is my playable area or my the yeah. setting for where I'm going to be writing, is it going to be like a small part of something bigger, or is this going to be all that there is? Like the whole planet, like Earth. Yeah, like it's the whole Earth. thing. Um, I think for. Someone who doesn't, like, have a ton of time and stuff, or is not super, like, experienced and, like, always into world building. Honestly, having that little, the little region, and just making that your whole world, I think that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to go big. Because when you go big, that opens, like... Then you have to do what you just did 50 times for all the other... Like, that's, in, like, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, but I, I think you want to make sure, even if you do have, like, that little region or whatever... Is it, um, does it have enough in it, or is it big enough to be able to hold the kind of story you want to tell and stuff? You know, I, I think that's also important. 
And anything else on the place in the larger universe? Don't push my table over, please. <laughs> okay. Planet classification. Is your Flat world... <laughs> Is your world a planet? Like Earth? Is it a moon? Is it a star? Is it something... How would you... Live on Never... a star? It's fantasy. It's fantasy. Anything, anything possible. <laughs> Is it something different altogether? But that's what you just said. Is it flat? Mm. Is it a sphere? Now, once again, if you kind of take like a Middle Earth approach, a little, little zoom in on a little region, it doesn't matter. Because mm. the world is so big compared to this thing, it literally doesn't matter if that's a globe or not. But, you know, if you're going to be making a whole world with multiple continents, mm. is that a, is that the, the whole world? Is it a sphere? Like Earth? Like, is it flat? Is it like, you know, I think choosing like, oh, the world's flat. That's cool. But like, why? Like, what's the point yeah. of that? What's the point of it? Yeah. And then you always have like that one player. It's like, okay, we sail to the. We edge. sail to the. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, so me and Zeke built. So okay, little little history lesson. Yeah. Um, a long time ago, many 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 years ago. Four score and seven. Yeah. When we were first introduced to tabletop role playing games, which was D and D fourth edition, yeah. I believe, and we played it a little bit, and we're like. This is cool, but you know what would be better? If we made it. So then we made our own game, um, our own tabletop role-playing game. Looking back on it, it's very mechanically inconsistent and not a good game. But it was very fun for us when we played it, so like that's uh, good, at least, you know. It served the purpose. But that world, it's called Mystic or something, was flat. Mm-hmm. And water came from the center there was like a pool in the center of the world that all the water streamed out of and then flowed off the edge, but it was like a never-ending pool. Yeah. That's thing, pretty dope, like, though. You have to think about it. Like, if your world is flat and there's water going off the edge, <laughs> it's never circling, circling back around, you know what I mean? Yeah. Unless it is. Um, but then also, underneath it was uh, another world, but like the gravity was flipped. That was the underworld. Mm. Yeah. With the other, the bottom side of that coin. Um, so like, that was cool. We made the world flat, but like it served a cool purpose. And, like, yeah, like, if you if you went through one of the passages, you go underground, and then gravity flips for you, and you land. Like, because then it's... Anyway, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> but, you know, that was a flat Earth. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was a flat world. So, yeah, you know, I think that's somebody, something to think about hmm. as well. Any other notes on that? <laughs> okay, cool. Oh, oh. Yeah, I figured out, like... You know, I kind of just lost my train of thought. All right. It's not very important. All right, it's fine if it, if it comes back to you. And next, uh, size and scale. Mm-hmm. It That's matters. <laughs> size, guys, size matters in world building. In world building. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something I struggle with. As you guys know, as people who've played in worlds I have ran, um, I'm horrible at math. That's not true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not horrible. I'm not actually. I'm not actually horrible at math. You're horrible at estimating size. I'm really yeah. bad at <laughs> estimating. It. Like if you're like if I go to like a conference and there's a room, and you were like, are there 500 people in here or 1,000? I would be like, I have no idea. If you're like, we have like you know how far away is this place from this place? I'd be like, I have no idea. Um, it. I didn't realize how small an acre was, till like recently. I thought an acre was huge (laughs) because i've only ever heard of acres in the instance where like someone has a a big farm and like Mm -hmm. it's like 20 acres Mm -hmm. 
And when you're on that farm, it looks big because there's nothing on it or anything. <laughs> but then I looked up a square mile and it's like a ton of acres. Yeah. And acres like, aren't big. I was like, well, acres aren't big. I'm confused now. <laughs> um, but just like miles and stuff. I'm really bad at, at distance and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, like, just recently, he accidentally made <laughs> oh a library that he said, though he didn't think about it, was 400 square miles. Yeah. He's like, yeah. okay, it's like 20 miles long, by 20 miles wide. And the rest of the table were just like, wow, we're going to be in this library for years. Well, we were all panicking because we had to search it for an object. Yeah. <laughs> a 400 square mile library. Yeah, they had to search this ancient, massive ancient uh, Jedi library for, um, for these artifacts. And then I nearly had a heart attack and found out there was another level beneath this. Yeah. Okay, it didn't well, span that, the whole library. That was so, just for a I couple, still bu- a couple buildings had a basement. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I'm bad at estimating that kind of stuff. And also, when we were playing on Unlock Van Star, the passage of time of travel time oh, yeah. would be like, sometimes it would be like a couple hours, sometimes it would be a couple days. Yeah. Because I didn't know how big my world was. So... Get this down early, because this is very important. Um, it's size... You guys talk about this, because I'm. this gives me a headache. I hate size and scale. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I think some of the most important parts when you're figuring out the size of your world is when you take the playable area, figure out how exactly long and tall it is because that'll give you a general idea of how long it takes to cross the world Mm. and once you have that figured out it's a lot easier to compartmentalize uh, the distance between uh, man-made structure to man-made structure Mm. because once you know oh my world is x amount of miles long so that takes x amount of days going from this point to this point is about you know a half of my world so it only takes this long to get there so once you kind of figure out the general scale of the length and width of your world it becomes a lot easier to calculate everything in between just on the fly. You are going to have to do math. Yeah. <laughs> like, no matter Some what. Some math, yeah. What is cool, going back to those online resources and things, a lot of them you can put a grid over top your uh, your world, and then that will help you a lot. Because mm-hmm. then you then you figure out the, the scale of you know, what the grid means, like the mm-hmm. scale of the distance between each, each thing. Or... You also want to keep in mind when you're deciding the size and scale of your world, like how much you want to put into it. You might be like yes. acting like overstuffing your world, or maybe there's just a ton of empty space that you have nothing yeah. to do for. That's true. The bigger you make the world, the more work you have to do. Yeah. Um, that's just how it is. Um, for example, the world in Pathfinder, I believe it's called the Inner Sea. Yes. Which is, once again, just this little playable region in, within the big continents. Um, that world is, even that little Inner Sea thing, is big. It's pretty big. Just think like... Upper Africa, Europe into like yeah, Middle East. it's like, pretty it's... <laughs> big. So because of that, they have they, it's a lot of detail. There's a lot of different places, um, and regions and stuff because it's really big. Um, so yeah, I think that's you know the bigger you make it, the more work you have to do. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like it's a desert world. There's five cities. It's it's really big, and there's five cities. Everything else is des- desert. <laughs> I don't have to do any work. Uh, what you know. The whole world... Tatooine? Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, the whole world is lava. That's it. Okay. It's like, uh, is it Moss Isley? Huh? Is Moss Isley? Moss Isley? What is it? What, 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 what the, 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 the place uh, in Tatooine where they meet Han Solo. Oh, yeah. Moss Isley. Moss Isley, yeah. yeah. It's like that, oh, little, yeah, that's like that town. That's it. And, like That's all that you have on Tatooine. What's on Mustafar? Like, uh, Mustafar like... is cool. Yeah. I think it's one of... Okay, we... 
Maybe we should just do a whole episode of us just like talking about cool stuff. Like, you know what's cool? <laughs> do you think George bio? Lucas knows that like plants can exist with more than one biome? Because I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's no, that's what I. No, okay. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Real quick, talking to to sci-fi. Yes, that is kind of a, a joke, but also, that's how I would do it. That's how I think you should do it. Because you, you have to treat, you know, there's no way you can build, like, a hundred Earths and go into that much detail. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Heck no. Don't do that. I'm telling you right now, don't do that. Uh, if you love yourself. Um, or even remotely like yourself. Um, oh, I was going to say, like, oh, I can't out. I think when you're doing sci-fi, you kind of have to treat it, well, you know, sci-fi is a pretty big genre. I'm going to say, like, space opera more Star Wars kind of thing. Mm. Um, you have to treat, I think you treat it like a world, and the planets are kind of like the different regions, the different, like, biomes and stuff. And you'll only have to give one a couple, like, cities or, like, notable locations because they're huge. You know, they're literal planets. And so having to go into, like, the detail of it. So, yeah, it is a joke that, like, every planet is, like, a single biome. <laughs> Um, like, this is all a desert. This is all a jungle. This is a big ocean. But also, like, that kind of helps, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Being able to... Because if you make everyone as detailed and, you know, various and and with all the different kind of bombs, then, like, that's so confusing and a lot of work for you. It also, yeah, it can can blend together a lot. But, like, in Star Wars, I think it is wise that they did, like, what you're saying, if each planet has their own unique... Yeah. Why I'm like, this is all that there is. It helps you distinguish between the different worlds and the settings. Yeah. So you know where you are. And and it's just, because it's, it's like, if you're in like a fantasy world, it's like, oh, we want to go sailing. Let's go to the ocean region of the fantasy world. Mm. Like where the islands and stuff. Mm. And it's like, in Star Wars, or like in a sci-fi thing, it's like, we want to go sailing. Let's go to the ocean world for that kind of adventure. Because mm. it just kind of acts as those we don't need to talk about sci-fi anymore. All right. Um, okay, so, yeah, size and scale. Important. Yes. Yep. yep. So, keep in mind, you don't want to make it too big because you have to do a ton of work. Too small, you'll run out of things. Your players will, like, have seen the whole world and it's like, ooh, we know everything now, I guess. Because there were definitely, like, half of Mockman Star you guys never went to. That's a lie. You guys went to a lot of places. Yeah. But maybe, like, a, a fourth. There's a, there's a lot of stuff you didn't go do. But that's yeah. fine, because I didn't have anything in those areas. <laughs> um, okay, one thing. If you're doing it for a tabletop RPG, uh, this is what I did, and there's not too much of a problem. You don't have to build all of it and then start your campaign. You should do more than I did at the beginning. But even so, I like have a region. I have a basic description of like what it is. But I'm not going to detail the towns and stuff in there until the PCs are like, let's go to that region. Then I detail that. Because there's no point for me, you know, doing that right now. Mm. Plan, you know, you have not a lot of time when you're planning every week or, you know, how often you meet. And you need to prioritize your planning time. So you want to be make sure you're spending world-building parts on stuff that's relevant that your PCs will, like, go to soon. Or that they're in now. Yeah. Also, just applies to writing in general. If you're writing a story mm. that's based, like, in, in a small city... You don't necessarily have to ho- write the whole entire multiverse yeah. just for that small city yeah. to work. Unless you're Unless. writing a 10-part series. Yes. If you're Brandon's If you're Brandon Sanderson, Sanderson then, then that's like, okay. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Why are you listening to us? <laughs> yeah, go listen. He has probably way better work <laughs> than us. Uh, no, please stay. Um, okay. No, so this note, I, ha- I have a note here that just says, just mapping in general. 
because I think there's, oh my gosh, we need to hurry up. We're already 30 minutes in. Uh, so this is just uh, in reference to kind of land masses, continents, islands, rivers, seas, bodies of water within land masses. Because that's kind of the main mapping stuff. We're going to get yeah. into geography and mountains and all that kind of stuff in a second. But the main like land masses and islands, um, what are your thoughts on that? Any like tips on like creating that or like anything? Mm. I think the main thing you should figure out is how much land do I want to have? How much water do I want to have? What separates these different areas? Uh, which, you know, also keep in mind is when you're doing just like just size and scale. Like, oh, do I want to have just like a small world where everything, everyone's close together and all the regions are all close together? I don't want to have it more split up or it's harder to go to the other regions and a trek to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Z? Um, I think in terms of landmarks and landmasses, a very important part of it is make it look natural and make it serve a purpose. If you're just mm. putting something somewhere mm. to have it there and it's not really going to serve a purpose, then you should probably spend your time doing something else. But if it's going to be in a certain place to serve a purpose, like to maybe a river that separates two towns or it's a large lake in the middle of the continent that could house a kraken or something, yeah. then it's definitely worth your time to spend it on. But if you're just adding details and for the sake of adding details, it's not really good use of your time because you can always fill that in later. Okay, but here's here's the conundrum of making a map. Is mapping is one of the first things you want to do. A lot of things in your world are based off of, you know, the map and the geography and all this kind of thing. But also, it's a little hard to map without also having... This is just a world-building problem in general. Which is, you need something to work on this, but you can't work on this until you work on that. So you kind of have to do two things at the same time and stuff, a little bit. When I was making Mockman Star, I was kind of just like drawing shapes and stuff, just like creating like a, a map looking landmass thing. <laughs> um, so it's a little different, you know, like doing it based off of a, a thing or like, cause when I built the world and then like I kind of had two separate continents that were kind of split in the middle. And then that mm -hmm. gave me an idea of like, now there's kind of two different like nations or whatever. So, you know. Let me go. Way more complicated than that. Yeah. yeah. But, you, but you know what I mean? It's kind of a, a thing where, like, you know, you do want to have your land masses and things, like, have, have a purpose and stuff. But also, yeah. they can inspire mm. the, the purpose. So you can, you know, you have to, you can base it off of that. Yeah. I think a lot depends on the kind of world builder you are, whether you are the one, the kind of person to premeditate everything you're going to be doing, or the one that really does it more on the fly, where you start drawing, or you start creating and writing, and you get ideas for things that then influence what you previously did or not i think that definitely influences the way that you will end up creating your map and later on the rest of your world okay mm. yep uh i just want to go back to like what zeke was saying earlier about like make it look real don't draw a map that looks like it's a rectangle just a rectangle <laughs> that's it that's the world yeah I mean... At that point, why Yeah. Why even draw it? I think, yeah, you know, you don't have to get too deep into, like, the sciences of it. Because, once know. again, this is a fancy world. Yeah. But, like, you know, how do land masses get formed mm. in real life? You know yeah. what I mean? And and thinking about that kind of stuff also. You know, so, for example, we, we live in Hawaii. And Hawaii is a chain of islands, but there's a rhyme and reason to the size of them, all that kind of stuff, and why they're in this shape. Yeah. It's because... There is a volcano, or there's something underneath. A hotspot. Yeah, a hotspot. Yeah. And as we're, the tectonic plates are, I don't, I'm not a big science person, but like, as they're <laughs> shifting, 
the islands... That's your favorite subject. <laughs> the yeah. islands that were getting formed are moving away, so they're no longer being made by the hotspot, and now a new one is being made. So in the shape that the things are moving in, that's how the islands were formed. Is that true? I think that's true. Yeah, yeah, the way the tectonic plates shift. Yeah. Also, that just sounds like a dope story for how the world was built. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, you, you can totally just bypass the science of it and just make it like a cool-looking world and stuff. That's yeah. totally fine. No one's going to... Hopefully, none of your players will be like, wait a minute, this doesn't make scientific sense. It's like, bro, you're literally writing on the back of a dragon. Just make a world <laughs> that looks interesting and mm -hmm. has a reason to why you put things there. Mm -hmm. I think something about the shape, you know, like, if you make it kind of looking like a... Oh, yeah, we got to move forward, but real quick. Um, if you make it like kind of like the shape of like a, like a laying down body, like, is it like the back of a titan who fell into the ocean? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'd like play around with cool shapes. <laughs> that's, okay, that's literally had no informative. All right. Geography. What, what are you guys' notes on landscapes, mountain ranges, rivers, forests, deserts? Um, main thing to keep in mind is how accessible you want the world to be, I think. Mm. Yeah. The less accessible you want it to be, the more of these things that you add, the more mountain ranges that you add for them to traverse, more you know, bodies of water for them to cross, forests to navigate through, deserts to trek across, you know? The more diverse and the more difficult you want it for them to be able to travel, the more of these things that you add. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And I think that adding on to that, climate should also be a part of that because yeah. a lot of times um, the climate will dictate geography and geography dictates climate in mm. a little kind of weird paradox. And that also definitely lends itself to how uh, accessible your world is. So that's another thing to keep in mind when planning out geography. I think I'm just looking at my massive Middle-earth map on my wall, but I think Middle-earth is a really good example of what Gabe was saying, which is, if you think about, like, I, it depends on how much you know about the story of Lord of the Rings, <laughs> but the journey of the ring and, like, all the battles and stuff took place, mm -hmm. the mountains were a really big part of that. Yeah. The, 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 the route the Fellowship took from um, the Shire to Mordor was impacted a lot by the terrain. They can't go in a straight shot. They couldn't. They couldn't go in a straight they shot. They even lost the main character because of the choices made. Yeah, because they, yeah, they had to go through the mines yeah. and all stuff going over the mountains. So the yeah, mines. I think that's true. It, if it serves, you know, the purpose of like your story, or whatever, or like Rohan and Gondor are separated by a mountain range. Mm -hmm. That's why like they're different and like not like that's why they're not clashing or anything because it's very hard for them to even fight. The the the, the border they share is a mountain range, which is hard to traverse. Mm. So. Yeah, based on what you were thinking, I, th I think that's important. And I think kind of going back, harking back to like your world theme, is how much of your world is forested, and yeah. has a desert and has mountains. Um, Another thing to keep in mind when you're talking about the landscape of your world is, okay, if I put a mountain range here, how would the population of the world respond to that? What would happen in the world if I put a mountain here? If I put a river there, mm -hmm. you know? But that yeah. I, I, it's just, there's this thing about world building is like, how much detail do you go? How much do you spend on certain things? How much mm -hmm. time do you spend on certain things? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I think in general, the landscape isn't like super, super, super crazy, like based, based on science and yeah, think about yeah. the impact and stuff. I think you do should think about like putting a mountain range here, you know, kind of for a purpose or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, having a good amount of forests and lakes and stuff. Um, but just like putting that stuff on your map. 
sometimes you don't always, depending on like how much time you have and stuff to world build, have to have like a rhyme and reason. Yeah. To that. I'm just time. adding it to have diversity yeah. to your role. Yeah. So yeah, and then when you get like, if you have a lot of time, or, or you get when you get crazier about it, or you have more time, or, or something like that. Um, but when Zeke was talking about climate, I just didn't talk about that. Um, you're not gonna have a desert in a cold climate or whatever. And I mean, you could. I mean, okay. <laughs> uh, but and you're not going to have. Um, you know, you think about like if it's how varied is the climate? Because in, in, in on Earth, right? It's cold in a place and hot in another place, but those are very far apart. So in your world, if you're going to have a place that's cold and the other place that's kind of hot, make sure it's a, a distance between them that mm. makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Makes and, sense for your world. Unless it's, like, magical yeah. or whatever. unless it's magical or... In which case, or... that's totally fine. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> Speed round. Next time. Uh, regions. Zeke, uh, notes on regions? I mean... Okay, let me give some prompts real quick. Uh, some things to think about is your world separated geographically or politically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's pretty important. I think they often work hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Like Gondor and Rohan are not, are not yeah. the same nation because there's a mountain in between them. Um, well, there's... Well, I was about to go to a whole history lesson. Of the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, well, actually, the reason why... Gondor- <laughs> <laughs> um, here's something to think about that I don't think about when I world build enough. Why are the regional borders where they are? Some, it's like, there's a river there. There's a mountain there. Mm-hmm. But if you think about, like, the world, Africa, why are the countries that size and have their borders there? U- U.S., why are the states that size with their borders there? Mm-hmm. This is kind of a deep question, I feel like. Yeah, there's a lot to go into with that one. There's so many reasons why you could make this region here and that yeah. region there and what separates them. But just it's just something to keep in mind. A good thing to keep in mind when you're making the regions, why are they different regions? Yeah. Why are they there? Why are they separate? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. One thing is you may want to hold off on political regions till you figure out uh, your world's like nations and cultures and stuff. Mm. Um, but you could also just split your world into geographical regions like, uh, like Middle Earth. Um, I think I don't actually know <coughs> if it's split into geographical regions, but <coughs> I think it is. For the most part. Yeah. Um, okay. Flora and fauna. Starting with plant life. Zeke, I know you're a huge botanist. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, do you think about plants a lot in world, in world building or like stuff? Because uh, I don't. Yeah, no, not not really. Unless it's important to the region that I'm going to be setting it up in, no. Not at all. I'll think about, like, <coughs> like special plants. If there are any special plants, like, oh, perhaps I want to have this special type of tree that does this. Mm-hmm. Then that's the kind of thing that I'll plan. I won't necessarily plan out, like, okay, this species of grass. And this yeah, 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 you grass, definitely don't have to. Which is like, a cousin you, to this. If you love that kind of stuff, knock yourself out. Yeah. Do it. But, like, you know, for me, if I'm, like, designing like an RPG world or whatever... I might be like, they're in a city right now, and I want to have this kind of mission. And there's a forest nearby, so they get the apothecary, the, the local apothecary is like, hey, I'll pay you if you go to this forest and get me the blank root, for, you know, for, and I'll pay you. Like, that's a little adventure. And then I could just make up the plant right there. Yeah. So, yeah, like serving your purpose and stuff. But, so I don't think you have to spend a lot of time on plant life unless you want to. I think that can help with the immersion 
is thinking a little bit about it and like, why are they growing there? You know what I mean? Like, why is that plant growing in, in that place? It can be a good thing for Hook, like, for when you're trying to build a culture. Like, why is this forest here? Oh, did someone, like, like started, like, a nursery here? Like, a plant nursery here. And perhaps yeah. it grew into something. Perhaps this is something that this culture cultivates or... Or has to do with the, the climate. Yeah. As, as, as Zeke was saying. So, necessarily, as we're saying, you don't have to get super scientific about it. But it's just a nice thing to keep in mind so you can help use it to design other parts of your world, design the cultures and yeah. economy and things like that. Um, I know we have to move through this, but real quick, in Death Stranding, the plant life doesn't, like, matter, like, in the story or whatever, but as you're walking through, like, the plant life of, like, how it's, like, mossy and whatever is because of the thing of how the system of the rain turns ages stuff, so things can't grow. The only things that can grow are temporarily living plants and stuff, so that's why all the plant life and stuff is like that, like the grass and moss. Which I think is kind of cool. Because you're basing that now off of, like, why is it like this? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Okay, real quick. Okay, next. Wildlife. I think much more about wildlife than I do nature. Mm -hmm. uh, plant life. Zeke, notes on wildlife. Uh, yeah, I think wildlife is something that is a lot more important to think about. Because depending on the depth of what you're going to be doing, it can relate to food. It can relate to mounts. It can relate to threats mm. and help. So it's definitely something to keep in mind when building your world and when setting up your geography and, you know, your climates and regions. And it's definitely something that you can go a lot more in depth with and you can do a lot more with because of uh, how important it can be. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It would be having wildlife can help just be another thing to help immerse your players and immerse your audience. I mean, like, there's a difference between, like, walking in a forest and you hear nothing. And you're walking in the forest and you hear the twittering of the birds and you yeah. see a stag off behind some yeah. trees in front of you. Yeah, also, just, you want to figure out, like, specifying it. Like, do you just have, like, earth animals? Or do yeah. you have, like, beasts? Or do you have, like, mythical monsters? Because then you have, to, like, okay, dragons exist. Let's say, like, in the mountainous regions. So take the animals in the mountainous regions, like goats and, and uh, not leopards. <laughs> Cougars? <laughs> I'm an idiot. Um, you know, the kind of animals that live in there. Yeah. Now, how does the dragon factor into how they live in, like, their food chain? But once again, that's also kind of... A, that, that's getting deeper. If, mm. if you want to spend more time on that, that's kind of deeper stuff. Um, yeah, fitting into ecosystem food chain and stuff. Um, but just being able to, like, logically make... You know, fit things to make yeah. sense, I think, is just... At least you don't have to spend so much time A lot of these it. things we've been covering for the past bit has been, like... You don't need to go in depth to have them, but you can just, like, have a little taste of, like, oh, I'm going to have, oh, this special plant that I make for this mission or something like that. Just, like, the small investment that you make in these small things, like, oh, there's this specific type of wildlife. It just does that much more to help the story mm -hmm. and help the world and the immersion in it. Yep. Okay, real quick, small note. Uh, next thing is laws of physics and science. Mm. So how does your world in those regards, differ from, from ours. Uh, any notes there? Mm. This is, again, I think, like an optional thing. You can literally just say, okay, it's physics just works the, the same, same way it does here. Yeah. And it's simple and easy, but if you want a story, you know, that's has weird physics or has, like, yeah, weird like chemical reactions yeah. between, between things you want to change from our natural world, then... Yeah, this is something you need to plan out in yeah. detail. Yeah. I, I think do this if it serves 
a purpose and yeah, yeah. Their story and it's cool um, if not ignore yeah, it <laughs> most people don't like i i don't like build fantasy worlds and i was like uh, most you know it's very rare that like I'm, I'm trying to change the there's like magic obviously yeah but like trying to change the like laws of like how gravity and all that kind of stuff works it's thermodynamics because <laughs> this kind of impacts everything yeah so it's, it's a pretty big thing um, but usually, if you're going to make a change to laws of physics or science, it's probably the base of that world. Yeah. You're probably building it because of this cool idea you had. So, anyway. Uh, weather and climate, we kind of talked about. Do you guys have any more notes on that? Mm. I think when you keep in mind weather and climate, uh, it can serve as a good idea for separating cultures based off like how they deal with the weather and climate that mm-hmm. they're in and like the natural disasters and things like that and cultures can build up and survive by doing this and that it's just nothing to keep in mind when you're making your world to figure out like okay i want to have an area that's stormy all the time what are yeah. the people like yeah it's just nothing to help build your world and make it more real uh-huh. feeling in um the stormlight archive uh, which is a book series by brian Sanderson, in a certain region um there's Tons of storms all the time called high storms, like crazy wind and rain and, and sleet. And so all of everything is based off of these storms. The plant life, like everything is a crustacean. Um, everything has like a carapace, like all the animals and stuff. Mm-hmm. They, so they can hide in their shell when this comes. Plants also have like shells and they retract their fronds and leaves and stuff to protect them from getting ripped out by the wind. So I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Also, the humans, they build their cities like lodged into surat like on other stuff like mountains so the mountains can buffer the mm. the wind and it doesn't like ruin their stuff so like you know what i mean that's yeah. what you were talking about basing the culture or you know yeah things off of off of the weather i think note on th- uh seasons are there seasons in your world hmm. any notes on seasons mm. winter's coming i think let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> say well in Hawaii, we don't really have a lot of experience with seasons. We don't at all. actually know. <laughs> I don't think seasons are real, in my opinion. I don't think winters are a real thing. Okay, getting on to winter doesn't exist. Prove me wrong. <laughs> uh, change my mind. Uh, one of my last last topics, cosmology. This is a strange one. Basically, what's above the people who live in this world? Me. Is it? <laughs> I am God. Is it? Oh my gosh! What if you like are the GM and you make a world? Where uh, there's not like a pantheon of fantasy gods or whatever, there's only one god, it's monotheistic, and the god is like literally like you. Like it's an ancient hero, but like he has your name. That'd actually be kind of cool. Okay, and dumb. Um, I was thinking, like, what if like you make the world, like the play mat that you have, and they look up and they see the players <laughs> and the DM around it? <laughs> People like the, 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 the puppeteers who yeah. are controlling everything. <laughs> and then every, like, a hero will be born, and, like they inhabit their. That hero, and like, that's why they have PCs. That's meta as hell. Okay. Yeah. But, like, is the sky above them? Are clouds above them? Mm. Stars? Clouds and stuff kind of have to do with weather. But, like, stars, moons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is it important for your story to have, you know, this planet far away that is the realm of this being or whatever? Mm. Uh, I think a really obvious and good example is Tatooine. The only thing different cosmologically about Tatooine is it has two suns. Yeah. And it's a hot desert planet. So it makes sense 
that it's a hot desert planet because it has two suns. Yeah. I think that's a great example. Um, I still don't know how they got that shot. Anyway. <laughs> I, uh, I think... Oh, so yeah, for things like that, like, having, you know, weird star systems and, or, like, planets, and, you know, you see often, like, you can just have, like, a bit of, like, unique views that the players can imagine, and you can, your readers yeah. can see. And, you know, basing people's, like, cultures or religions off of the sky as mm. well. I think if you're delving into cosmology, uh, make it cool, whatever, and then also, like, make the people of the world, like, base things off of it. You know, do the stars literally react to, like, what, how, tell you what fate is gonna do or whatever, so people have, like, learned to, like, read mm. the stars? Like, that's all cool stuff. Or just, like, give your world, like, three moons, and, like, it's just cool, because... <laughs> That's fine also. It's just like, it's because it's cool. That's getting tryptophobia looking at the sky. <laughs> oh, this is a good, this is a good one. What does astronomy say about the creation of the world? And what does it say about the world's fate? I guess that, that, that's also kind of, you know, the same thing. Like, is there a big, uh, like, fiery scar in the sky because of uh, a cataclysmic event or whatever mm. that happened in the history? Mm. I think that that's... Yeah, it's a cool, like canvasry des for designing uh, cool things that happened in your history of the world and the universe. You can have, like, all these cool things up in the sky. Yeah. Okay, five more minutes. The f <laughs> final thing. Uh, I do want to talk about it real quick. I'll probably close every world-building episode with this. The number one world-building question. Whenever you make a change or addition to your world, you always want to ask yourself, how does this affect the other aspects of my world? So, I'm going to do a little exercise for you guys real quick, okay? So... I'm going to say, in my world that I'm creating, mm. it rarely rains, okay? Mm. What are the next logical steps to that? You guys tell me. How, what does that affect? Well, that'll affect uh, definitely all of the settlements in the world and how they uh, scrounge and scavenge for food and how they grow food or if they grow food at all mm. or if they're you know nomads or not or if they actually settle down if they're going to be hunting. It affects the plant life. There's a whole lot of stuff. That yeah. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, that's actually... Every living thing in the world affects. Yeah. yeah. If your living things depend on water. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But let's say, like, you do. They do, for, for the sake of this. Yeah, like, humans now have to find alternative ways to get water. Water becomes a precious resource now. Yeah, perhaps they delve deep into the ground to reach underground rivers. Yeah, they and have civilizations to, around that. They have to grow their stuff underground or whatever, where the water is. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but that's just kind of an example of it. You know what I mean? You're making a change. You're adding something to your world. And you have to think about the other ramifications to the rest of the world. Yeah. Action, reaction. Otherwise, it becomes like the Elder Scrolls. <laughs> uh, um, I, okay. Uh, no, I can't talk about the Elder Scrolls right now. All right. Um, before we, we close up, are there any final thoughts on what we talked about this time? Hmm. Um, My message to the world. Any? <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the general theme of this topic that we've been talking about this whole episode and having with so many of the different aspects and subjects we we're talking about is figure out what's important for the world that you're making mm -hmm. and expand upon those things you don't necessarily need to have a super developed you know star system and a super developed flora system and fauna yeah. and yeah. all of this and different things figure out what's important for the story that you're trying to tell detail that yeah zeke yeah, I think it's definitely uh, a good idea to first really focus on the important aspects of your world in terms of really everything that we've covered today. And once you've got all of that down, you can then take the time to fill in the details and the little things that don't matter as much, but give life to your world. Mm. That way you can start planning 
whatever it is that you're going to be doing. And as you're going along, you can say, oh, okay, maybe I like this idea and I like that, but it's not super huge to the story. You can just add it to the world whenever and wherever, and it doesn't impact things too heavily, but it gives it more life. That's, that's a good point. I think, real quick, I do want to note that we're kind of basing this series off of the natural progression of which you create things. So starting with the physical world, and then, and then uh, the next time we do a worldly episode, it's going to be on the history and then like settlements and culture. Kind of the natural progression of how you want to build things in your world. Um, and then within each one, right, we built our subtopics starting with what's your general theme. You want to figure out that out first, and then you're mapping and stuff. But say, saying that, um, I think starting your world off just with, like, an idea that you have and just building off of that, I think, is also fine. Yeah. If you have an idea of, like, um, this is, like, how I, you have a really unique idea of, like, the racial uh, tension or, like, how the different races or whatever, like, interact with each other and stuff. And it's really cool. Base the world off of that. You don't totally have to go with... The, the way that, that we're doing it. Right? Yeah. The order that we're doing it in right now is kind of like you set out to build a world and come up with ideas and things to fill the world and cultures and whatever. But if you're starting off with an idea for us, one specific culture that you really fell in love with, you can start with that and then build everything else around it. Cool. Any other thing to say? Um, there's not really a wrong way to build the world, mm. just a harder way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true, true, true. This true. is probably an easier way to do it, but like I've said, there, there's really no wrong way to do it. You can start mm. out with anything you want and build it from there mm -hmm. this is just a an easier way to do that yeah these are just like prompts and stuff to to, to help you out in that um also to help us <laughs> we can't, we're kind of doing these episodes to also help us when, when we world build okay that brings us to the end of today's episode this one was a lot of fun to do thank you guys for for talking with me uh, about mm. this one um, so next week is also going to be a cool episode that we totally haven't figured out yet. But the next world building episode will be on history. Um, and so that, that one's going to be a lot of fun, uh, a lot of cool discussion and stuff on that. All right. All right. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Until uh, next time. Until next time. <laughs>